1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines brought to you by Bayway, Jeep.com.
3: All right, let's get to, uh, headlines. Astros spring training. We are here live in West Palm beach. We'll be there today with the Astros taking on the Mets. The lineup is out. Adam Spillane, uh, our, uh, our Astros reporter, who is our feet on the ground over at West Palm Beach, and I think he's headed back here, so we'll probably have him pop the headset on here at some point between now and the end of the show and chat with, him about, chat with him about today's game, get his thoughts on yesterday and Astros spring training and where we are. But the lineup is out, Seth. We knew Luis Garcia was going to be starting today for the Astros, so we get our first spring training look at Luis Garcia, whatever changes he's made to his windup in light of the rules changes. We'll get a look at today for the people. We'll post videos of it up on uh, up on social media uh, on our various social media platforms and at Sports Radio 610. And of course, keep it tuned to SportsRadio610.com 610 dot com all week long as well. Kyle Tucker will be leading off today and playing right field. So you and I will get a look at the uh, what on Saturday was the agitated Kyle Tucker over the. Pitch clock effect yeah. on speeding up hitters getting into the batter's You
2: legs. know, and with Altuve, who struck out three times yesterday, and it looked like he was hurrying his way through adjusting his rich wrist straps. Ruined like my week. Did. Yeah, like Altuve doesn't necessarily have to adjust his wrist straps. Where with Tucker, because he doesn't wear batting gloves, he's got to rub that dirt on his hands. Yeah, so that's uh, like there's no getting around that. And it's just he's got to do it in a sped up fashion.
3: Yeah, there's dirt in the batter's box. He doesn't just step out. It's not different than the dirt that's three steps away from the batter's box. You know box.
2: what I'd like to see him do? What? Let's add some showmanship to the game and kind of like you know LeBron James loves to do his thing with the chalk. Yeah. where he claps it. Yeah, he, cl- he should do that before every. <laughs>
3: he should. That's going to take more time.
2: <laughs> umpires and catchers will love that. <laughs> doesn't take that long to clap like in a big being cloud in the dust storm. That, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try to try to yeah, yeah. try to maybe mess up the pitcher's vision a little that's bit. That's right.
3: That's right. Yeah, clap it, then blow it out towards the pitcher. Uh, Tucker batting first. Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick both in the lineup today. Jake Myers will be playing left field and batting second. McCormick batting third. As far as other players of note in the lineup today, Jose Abreu is batting cleanup. He'll be playing first base. Corey Lee will be catching. Uh, Yiner Diaz is at the bottom of the order. He is DHing today.
2: And Quintana is pitching for the Mets. Okay. Well, there you go. So we'll get two innings of him. Let's let's razz him. Uh, We're not allowed to from the press box.
3: We can take a walk around the park and just hide our media passes and then just go razz him. And then just razz him?
2: Yeah. And put it uh, back on and wear some <laughs> mustaches and funny glasses. Nice, these spring training ballparks, you can hear everything. It's great. Uh, the beer barker's uh, getting on my nerve yesterday. The I'd beer say, barker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really,
3: really, really cold beer? Yeah. The yeah,
2: the whole time. The whole time. Like the mix something else in, man. Yeah. I gotta tell you what, it was a, it was impressive from a sales perspective, because if you can sell the same pitch over and over and over again. But he only had one. It was, and it was like and it was, like, it and was, it was and when it's that loud in a small ballpark, it yeah. just it gets old.
3: Cold beer. Really, really, really cold beer. Yeah. that was his chant. But he the really lem- sold the lem- it. The lemonade guy was a little the, annoying too. Yeah, but I
2: like the lemonade guy because I really wanted some lemonade. <laughs> so I guess if I, the, the beer the beer guy wasn't making me want beer, the lemonade guy was making me want lemonade. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I got home and just started drinking beer. He must have <laughs> must have worked on me. Yeah. Um, so we'll be out there today. Um, Astros and the Mets. Spring training. By the way, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Let's give away those rodeo tickets right now. Do Let's it. do that. Let's do a little Chris Stapleton action for you. 713-572-4610 right now. Call, uh, caller number five It's going to win a four-pack of tickets to see Chris Stapleton at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. That is on March 16th. That is a Thursday night. We'll do it again in the final hour of the show. We'll do it all day long here at Sports Radio six ten. Keep listening for your chance to win rodeo tickets. Can't wait. Tonight's the first night. Uh, tonight is who's who's opening tonight? Uh, a Parker uh, Parker McCollum, yes, uh, Houston's own Parker McCollum. Yeah, so he's opening up tonight. That'll be good. Brooks and Dunn tomorrow. I'm I'm the Zach Brown band guy on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so seven one three five seven two four six ten. Your chance to win Chris Stapleton tickets. Uh, is right now. Next chance to win will be in the nine o'clock hour. Back to headlines. John Weeks is back. Boom for year number thirty four with the Houston Texans. <laughs> well, He's been with the team longer than they've existed. Yeah, it's
2: been um, it's, it's been a, it's been quite the run for him. Thirteen years. Yeah, year. I used to give him credit for for being able to stick around through various administrations. You know, kind of like a political survivor. Like, you come Dude. Through, Usually somebody's going to come through and just dislike you for no good reason. But now he's, now he's with a former teammate. I, this is what I worry about with John Weeks. What? I told him this. I told him this when he was at, uh, D'Amico Ryan's press conference. Yeah. I said, Hey, man, I got to tell you, kind of nervous that you like, D'Amico's going to have to prove a point here. That, uh, that you're, gonna, <laughs> that he's going to have to Sacrificial come Sacrificial lamb. Like, Don't say that, man. And, uh, <laughs> the other funny thing about the press conference was they had all the old players up there. We yeah. were all sitting in one area. And it was funny when they called up the current players to go take a picture with (laughs) D'Amico... Weeks started walking up, and a few of the guys sitting next to me were like, why is Weeks going up? Oh, and then they they, they caught themselves. Yeah. they were like, uh, Merciless was like that because they,
3: they all played
2: with Weeks, yeah. and he's still there. He's Dude, been there through
3: every generation. He's This will be his 13th year. Well, the funny thing about that, just following up on that, yeah. he goes up there to take the picture with the current players. Yeah. The former players, which is a picture you were in, was after that. When Weeks went up there with the current players, he starts to walk off the stage, and D'Amico grabs him and says, no, you got to stay up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of my teammates, too. Yeah. And Weeks said, well, it was my coach telling me to do it. I got to follow orders. <laughs> so John Weeks signs a deal for a little over a million. It's a $125,000 signing bonus. And this is phenomenal work if you can get it. Long snapper in the NFL in year 13. And John Weeks is perfect. He you does what? a great job. And, and and the surviving administration's thing, Seth, yeah. is... is it, that's a serious thing with weeks because there was a point over the last couple of years where it looked like they were trying to get rid of him. He was cut for a while.
2: Well, that was a, well, one time, one time it was a salary cap maneuver. The other time it was, was like an actual cut. Yeah. He cut. was gone yeah. for a
3: month and they brought him yeah. back. Yeah. So that's, and and, 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 it, and it happened during a time where it was when all the weird stuff was going on. Like, he survived administration changes and the weirdness yeah. of those couple of years.
2: Yeah, there so was, He might go forever. It's one of the weird things about the Texans is that they've had uh, remarkable stability at the long-snapping position. They've really only had two guys the entire – they have Brian Pittman. Yeah. I think Sean McDermott was there the first year, and then it was, but then it was Brian Pittman for the entire time before John Weeks. Yeah. And then John Weeks. At most, they've had three long snappers, and it might just be – I think Brian Pittman might have been there in 2002 at one point. They're so. like the
3: Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Steelers are with head coaches.
2: Yes. They've had three head coaches in like 60 I've, years. I bring this up every time I get Jackson's in an argument had three with three about, Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> what are you talking about? They're an <laughs> unstable, dysfunctional organization. They've only had three long snappers. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> Uh, so congr- for another year. Friend of the show. Um, Com- only,
2: only two since 2003. Okay. Pittman I came like in in 2003. I like there. it.
3: I like it. Um, Combine gets going. The workouts get going later this week, but today is important. Uh, 10.45 a.m., and I believe we will be carrying this on the station. Nick Casario is going to be meeting with the media at the uh, Combine today. 10.45 Houston time. D'Amico Ryans is tomorrow at noon um, is there anything in particular if you were if you got first question for Nick Casario so, yeah. at the combine today? What would your question oh, be for Nick Casario? You know
2: what? Somebody, uh, one of our listeners said uh, they want to ask Casario about what the strategy was for why did <laughs> basically I've served a few, a few different people ask some version of like why did you guys try to win that last game. And uh, I think I mean, he's going to get asked. That. I, he'll be asked that it's the problem is there's just no possible way you're going to get like an answer that reveals anything more than Like, the standard, like, hey, well, we're trying to win the football game. There's just flat out, the league, the league has already fined the Dolphins for giving the appearance of potentially maybe trying to tank. Like, the the Texans are part of a lawsuit in which Brian Flores accuses the Dolphins of telling him to lose. And that's what people got to remember about that last game. Brian Flores added the Texans to the unfair practicing, uh, unfair hiring practices lawsuit. That he had filed against the Dolphins. One of the allegations against the Dolphins that he made was that the Dolphins told him to lose. Like, at what point? No, that
3: they, they incented him to lose. Yeah,
2: like basically. at what point would it have been a smart move for the Texans to be like, hey, listen, Lovey, by the way, uh, don't try to win this game. Yeah. And we're going to fire you afterwards. Right. like it would be the dumbest thing on earth. You got to let go of this fantasy that somehow the Texans were going were gonna to instruct people to lose the game the last game of the season. I
3: think Nick could go up there and answer that we were winning because we tried to win the game, and I think that's the truth. I think yeah. they were trying to win I, the game. No, and I, and right, whether you think that was right or wrong. Yeah, and whether, it's going to make people whether, angry, but I think they were trying to win. Whether
2: that's what they wanted to do, like, at their very core or not, I think the circumstances would be that the league, the league would really have frowned upon any notion or appearance that the Texans were trying to lose that game. They played
3: all their guys. Yeah. Like, Brandon no, Cooks no, no, was that, playing in well, that game. That's the
2: whole thing. It's like, but that's the question. It's yeah. like, why did you play Brandon Cooks? Yeah. Why did you play these other guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is it's, <laughs> we'd, like to keep a, we'd like to keep all those draft picks that we just
3: got. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, exactly. That's we don't want to get whacked yeah. like the Dolphins did. Um, so I, It's funny you say that, Seth, because I was kind of going through either last night or this morning, I was thinking about Casario meeting with the media today and like, okay, what are the things that I expect him to get asked or that I would ask? That was the first one that popped into my head is, okay, how do you feel that you might have to yeah. trade? Maybe not asking it in a way like where you try, you know, about, about losing the last game, but how do you feel about having to trade up if you want to get the number one pick, as yeah. opposed to you had it right there in front of you. Is
2: of that – all, all those – like, both those questions are hard for a GM to answer without showing his hand or to answer with any level of of openness. Um, yeah, because
3: you may tip just how how much you want to trade up to the first pick.
2: With O'Brien, O'Brien was fun because O'Brien kind of seemed like he showed his hand in terms of how he felt about players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and almost that's where you wondered like hey, it almost felt like he was trying to send a message to his gm or something mm-hmm. and that's where things got uncomfortable i suppose yeah um
3: so they had to make him the gm and by the <laughs> way just to,
2: the dolphins technically were fined and forfeited picks for tampering, tampering with yeah. Tom Brady and Sean Payton but that was all wrapped up in that that whole uh, there's bad stuff going on in they Miami. had a bad few months yeah. yeah
3: they had a bad few months um so D'Amico meets with the media tomorrow yeah tomorrow at noon um other stories here in, um, in headlines. We didn't get to this yesterday, but we did have a few people ask us about this on the text page um, because I think there's concern, especially with us here at Astros Spring Training. Um, there's major concern over when they see a headline like this that they're not going to be able to watch the Astros, and that's the that AT&T Sportsnet is facing a rocky future once again, just a decade removed from uh, CSN Houston, going into bankruptcy and then getting bought out by what wound up being AT&T Sportsnet, Um, Warner Brothers' discovery, the parent company of the regional sports network in Houston that carries the Astros and the Rockets, informed both teams last Friday that it plans to get out of the regional sports network business, which is a bad business right now to be in. Bally Sports is going, you know, their parent company is is getting ready to...
2: I never understood the whole thing. I kept getting it confused with a health club, and I didn't know. I got confused with the casinos. That's funny.
3: You're a health club. I'm a casino. Yeah. Wasn't
2: Bally's, Isn't that like a health club specifically for women? I don't know. I think it was the same company. It was the same. I know exactly
3: what the casino issues are. Yeah. But um, so, AT and T Sportsnet Southwest was informed by letter. That it plans to, that Warner Brothers plans to get out of the regional sports network business and wants to negotiate with the teams to assume responsibility for broadcasting and distributing their own games. The way
2: they wanted it to do at the very, very beginning. Yeah. And uh, will that is it time now? Is it time for the Astros and the Rockets to have their own? Which this would be like the third version of them basically taking over all those people that we already watch. Yeah. And yeah. kind of just being direct. They'd be the direct employees of the Rockets and the Astros, maybe. I guess, yeah. You know. I
3: haven't talked. I, I, I need to text a couple of them that I know and find out what they've heard. But uh, this, this is what the article says. I because th- I think most Astro fans are like, are am I going to be able to watch the games? Despite that, this is David Barron's article in the Chronicle. Despite the dire nature of the network's impending collapse, fans will not lose access to their teams' local games since the Astros and Rockets have contracts to have their games telecast on Directv, AT and T, and Comcast Xfinity cable through 2032, the main question as the Astros prepare for their season opener is not whether the games will be available on DirecTV, AT&T, Xfinity, but on what channel they'll air and who will pay production costs for telecasting the games. Oh. So it's just a matter of – How much of, does that cost? I, do, I don't know. We should do it. Probably
2: more than you expect. We should do it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they do it. I can't, don't they have camcorders for this stuff? Can't they do this on their phone these I days? I brought
3: 200 bucks with me. Let's start there and see <laughs> if that works. I
2: feel like I've got a, a, the newest – oh, no, I don't. I've got an iPhone 13. It's, it's pretty newer
3: than mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. We, we compared have... iPhone sizes. Yeah, I won that, yeah. that peeing contest. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, big shock. Um, so, um, so yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like fans are going to be okay. They're going to get the games, but um, this is uh, the big what thing about, about dish? The, the, the big. Is the, real dish quick, still out in the. I dish is not mentioned in this oh, article yeah. anywhere, and they didn't. They weren't carrying it to begin with. I, I know. don't know. I hear about it. Uh, the big thing about this is that the th- there's revenue for the teams attached to this. Yeah. So if you're going, well, these guys are billionaires, it's a big deal. They're going, well, this impacts your ability to sign free agents and things.
2: like it, well, that. Well, and it, that's where okay, you go ahead and just broadcast it yourself. It's not so like it's kind of a
3: complicated business. Yes. Like, it's a, yeah.
2: Going selling uh, selling sponsorships and ad revenue and all that stuff is kind of a big deal. But
3: maybe the Astros are at a point now. I mean, in the middle of this dynasty era that they're yeah. in right now. Where the that business model might work better for them, depending on what they can sell, because they'll get all the ad money now if they right. do it themselves. Right, and I guess you know they they'd have an outlet to carry it on because they're contracted to carry it on these different. <laughs> I feel like cable is, and satellite. I feel outlets. like this
2: is a guy. You know, I was telling you the other day about how my dad started an airline. Yeah. Back in nineteen ninety-two, I don't remember what it was when they deregulated everything. There were all these. So my dad started an airline. Did he own any planes? No. Did he ever? Eventually acquire airplanes? No, but he just started an airline. Did some people lose a lot of money? Yes, a lot of money. But Sean, I think the point is you and I should start a regional cable network. We should
3: and Are you gonna carry games. <laughs> All you
2: gotta Maybe. do we'll have a we'll have a we nice should. we'll do just like my dad did. He had a nice. It wasn't PowerPoint back then just yet. It was uh, he had some he had a nice uh, whiteboard presentation hey. or he had the flip you know the flipboard that he with the with the yeah unlike the your, tablet.
3: Unlike your dad yeah. and planes, we already do have content. We can just stream our show on an iPhone <laughs> and a, carry it on our regional will be Network. our
2: our whole deal will be like talking down to them like they're idiots if they don't see our vision. Yes. We're like, how are we gonna how are we gonna do it? And we'll take out our phone. We're like, what are you, a bunch of dinosaurs? Like, yeah, like you guys don't know how we're gonna do yes. it. Of course you know how we're All gonna right. do it. Okay. Now, let's talk money. All right, good. <laughs> I'm in.
3: Parker, I quit.
2: <laughs> I'll talk and, I'll get a bunch of buzzword lingo and and uh and basically just start talking a circle around everybody to where they'll feel like idiots if they disagree. Yeah.
3: This um Boy, this regional sports network thing, man. Like, they're, they're all... They're regional all. sports network. Yeah, no, we're getting in at just the right time as it's crumbling. The SP
2: squared network.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like it. And it's the little tiny two, not SP2. Like, we're doing... We're going full yeah, on an actual Yeah, actual exponent. Yeah, yeah, exponent. yes. Yes. All right, so um, fear not. <laughs> we you should be able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Astros case. Get your
2: rich friends on the phone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know a bunch of football players. Yeah. <laughs> They're suckers. <laughs> um, I built up 30 years of giving very conservative fiscal advice to, to football players that I know it's all going to come to a head at this point where now they trust me. (laughs) Invest in your two person
3: fledgling regional sports network. After saying,
2: after, after, after discouraging almost every single business venture guys have brought to me in the last 30 years. Now I'm going to call in all the chips and be like, this is it guys. And
3: don't Google regional sports network. (laughs) Okay. You don't need to Google. Trust me. This is going to be, this is going to be huge. Um, LeBron James is going to be out for a while. No. Yes. No. There goes our regional no! sports. Damn! There goes no! our regional sports network. Uh, <laughs> that was our. Kid. That was going to be our other show, just uh, showing LeBron James highlights. I read
2: that he miraculously fought his way through the injury okay. he had the other night.
3: Here's what happened. For those who don't know, he, uh, LeBron James is feared to be out several weeks with a right foot injury that yeah. he suffered in the. Lakers win over the Mavericks on Sunday. <laughs> Spillane and I, we got to the Airbnb on Sunday, and Spillane and I were hanging out in the living room watching the Lakers-Mavericks game. Yeah. And we watched this play where LeBron goes down. Yeah, And you could tell by the way his leg, he you know, he comes down. He was jumping up in the air. He comes down on his right leg. You could tell something weird happened with the leg. He goes down. He's laying on the ground holding the back of his leg. And you could read his lips and say, I felt something pop. Mm. And so Spillane is... Is going, that's an Achilles, that's an Achilles. Well, LeBron gets up, and he's walking. I'm like, okay, well, I watched Durant tear an Achilles. That didn't happen. So LeBron is walking right now.
2: Well, LeBron
3: walked, but kind of like on
2: a peg leg. A little yeah. bit.
3: But then he played the rest of the game. Yeah. He actually played. LeBron did. LeBron yeah. did. Yeah, No. Yeah. not Durant. Uh, Le- LeBron played the rest of the game, and not at 100%. You could tell um, he was he was hindered, but the whole time we're watching it, Spillane's going, I can't believe he's playing on a torn Achilles. I can't believe he's playing on... A- See, and I'm like... He, Dude. Uh,
2: he pulled the lebron I, I,
3: I'm like, yeah, he's not playing on a torn Achilles. He's like... Spillane's like, you watch, you watch. He's going to be out for a long time after this. You watch. And sure enough, the news comes out yesterday. LeBron's going to miss several weeks. Yeah. And Spillane is, he is galvanized now. He's like, I'm telling you, he tore his Achilles. I'm like, he played the rest of the game. He's like, if anybody could do it, LeBron could do oh, it. Oh, he fell for LeBrothelsberger? <laughs> oh, my He God. might have been joking. I can never tell when Spillane's joking. <laughs> you don't like my nickname? LeBrothelsberger? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good. <laughs> I thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> He's
2: kind of dramatic about it. <laughs> Rothausberger was never. I was Roethlisberger kidding. Roethlisberger I was, still, uh, I was, a, I was still getting passed, to the end of my Spillane story. That's yeah, what I was focused on. never passed up a chance to uh, basically make it seem like it was a life-threatening injury.
3: Oh yeah. I felt a pop, a tear,
2: and a squeeze.
3: Uh, see it halftime. Yeah. What's,
2: what's wrong with your ankle? I see you're wearing four walking boots. <laughs> 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 Turns out it's a grade seven sprain. But, but the, I'll play this the, week. The difference
3: between those two is, unlike LeBron, you don't look at Roethlisberger going, well, he looks like somebody who's just going to come back from these injuries. Yeah, yeah. The LeBron body type. Never,
2: well, LeBron just never really gets injured all that much, is the thing. No, I know. He's, yeah, he's definitely not LeBron. He's,
3: he's never had a surgery. Right. He's never. We Googled well, it the he, other when day. When he tweaked
2: his ankle a few years ago, he was like... you. He couldn't give. He was openly saying, "I can't really give you an answers because I've never been through this before." Right? are like, "What do you mean? Like, oh, he's never actually like had an injury, never had a surgery." Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. so it's very unfair for me to call him LeBrothersberger because he <laughs> hasn't like accentuated injuries. <laughs> yeah. He's like that's why actually... I didn't react
3: to it. I was mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> you're just throwing shade at. LeBron. I was just
2: happy that I came up with Burger. It was good on the floor. It was hard. I had to practice it in my head. I was like, "How does that actually Lebron?" That's, that's a tough Lesberger,
3: mashup, right there. That's a tough mashup. So, uh, yeah. So Lebron will be out. Uh, He'll be out for a little while. It's going to
2: be a 15 minute segment on SP Squared. And once I get executive, yeah. I'm going to get EP credits, okay, yeah. Sean? You hear that, Ben? Write that down. Seth Payne, executive producer. Put Sean <laughs> somewhere <laughs> below me on the organization. I will. I'll chart. take that.
3: I'll take that. I need to work my way up in my own organization that I helped start. <laughs> All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. Those are your headlines. We're live at spring training. Uh, big thanks to Shoppa's John Deere. Uh, as well as Academy Sports and Outdoors, uh, bringing us down here. We'll be out of, in Port St. Lucie today, back at uh, West Palm Beach tomorrow. Red Sox tomorrow. Oh, and then the the hated Cardinals. We get to conjure up our old NL Central hate for the St. Louis Cardinals and. Our hate because they hacked into mission control yeah. back in twenty fourteen. I don't
2: like them looking over my shoulders at my passcode nope. when I'm on my computer. At a
3: computer at an ATM anywhere.
2: There was some guy yesterday up in the press box who was standing behind Spillane and I, but like standing there with his hands up, but like not from a vantage point where he could see the game. Did, did you notice <laughs> that, Spillane? He's back in the like I should've elbowed you and, and let you take a look. And every time I look back, I'm like, what is this guy looking at? He's looking at my was notes. He? I don't know. He's just some, some dude. And I, like, I think maybe he could have seen the game from where he was, but it wasn't a great vantage point. Okay. So I started drawing pictures of Bo... Uh, never
3: mind. <laughs> <laughs> of Bo I, Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. <laughs> Running up and hitting the wall <laughs> on a catch. It was a, it was a beautiful rendition. <laughs> I'm sure. Of Bo Jackson. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never, it was
2: big and impressive... <laughs> bulging okay. muscles you just yes. know there's an actor somewhere named that i'm just going to say <laughs> all
3: right pain and pendergast um Spillane's back at the house, so we may grab him and have him jump on with us sometime between now and the end of the show. We'll let him get settled over there. Yeah, that's that's going to be another thing on our regional sports work. network. After, after, after midnight. midnight. After midnight. <laughs> cartoon
2: rendition. Yeah. Yes. This is what I think Bo Jackson would look like naked. Bo Jackson after dark. Now do Herschel Walker. <laughs> 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 Brett Favre, we got it. We've got it. This will be more uh, accurate. Oh Just, my god! Yeah, <laughs>
0: All
3: right, Pain and Pendergast with you on a uh, Tuesday live in West Palm Beach. We're gonna make so much money. Oh, it's, dude, it's gonna we're, be ridiculous. It's gonna be, we're totally gonna be able to cover our costs, a, wait, which
2: are nothing. I can't believe. Like, we're gonna have to. Uh, I got to file with the SEC though. Oh yeah, I gotta right. get the, I gotta get the everything. If Do there's one thing little, I know the legal Zoom, if there's one thing I know about me. It's the legal challenges of setting up a corporation will hey. not be any problem at all. Hey. I'll, uh, I'll work through all this red tape just fine. I
3: would do it, but apparently I report to you, yes. so you go do it. Or you can order me. I'm gonna, to yeah, or I'm going to delegate. Boss me around. All right, um, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, there was audio we played earlier. I want to play this again. The Quincy Avery, Deshaun Watson audio we played earlier has now given at least one listener pause over what the Texans should do. With the number two overall pick. We will have that for you next.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
1: in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Shopper's John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors. It's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610.
3: Heard this audio yesterday on In the Loop. This is an excerpt from a uh, podcast that Quincy Avery, private quarterbacks coach for many a quarterback, including Deshaun Watson, including... C.J. Stroud as well. A number of quarterbacks, Quincy Avery coaches. He's been on our show before. Um, he, uh, he had Deshaun Watson on his QB Takeover podcast yesterday. And I don't even know if this is as much a question as it is Quincy Avery going all Chris Farley like, hey, Deshaun, remember that time you led the league in passing yardage in 2020? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it feels like. Here's Quincy Avery with Deshaun Watson.
4: But uh, I'm not sure people remember just how special you are at a quarterback. What do you think this new year is going to look like on the field? Because I think that you're going to remind them you're one of the absolute best quarterbacks in the NFL. I look at the stats all the time from your last year Houston, how much you can f- dominated the NFL. What's going to make you better than that last time when you were number one in every statistical category in the NFL? Oh, for sure. I think it's just going to be work. You know, if people have so much expectations and high expectations and, you know, all that stuff generates from the media. You know, sometimes I take it personal. It just depends on, you know, how they speak. Most of the time, I don't really take it personal because that's their job in the media to be able to kind of talk good, bad, whatever they want to talk about. When I look at it that way, it- People thinking that, oh, I fell off, or you know, this, that, the third, you know what I'm saying? All it is is they know how good I am and they know the limit I am. So if I don't, you know, reach that standard and the expectation of myself and what I can play at, then, of course, it's going to be a failure. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's really just going ahead and, and putting the work each and every day. You know, I'm not worrying about all that stuff. You know, I hear it. I see it. But that's ain't going to bother me. That's what they, that's their job. You know what I'm saying? I like when people underestimate me. You know, because when that shit happened, you know, that's when I you know, I take it to a whole another level. I gotta retrain hard. You know what I'm saying? And, and have everybody around me at the same level. And once we do that, we can make something special for people. You know, fill in the pieces and once we get rolling, we're gonna be rolling.
2: Yeah, so um I guess the the big that was and like no matter how many times I try to explain this, maybe I'm not doing it properly. Um Deshaun Deshaun, like whenever somebody talks about the awesome year he had in two thousand twenty <laughs> I have yet to hear him say, well, we really would have liked to have scored more points. Um, you know, or when, you know, Quincy says he was number one in every statistical category, he was, he was seventh in touchdowns. Uh, you know, one below Kirk Cousins that year in touchdowns. He wasn't number one in that category. The offense was 19th, uh, in terms of points per game. The Texans were 19th that year. And, that's not saying that it's Deshaun's fault that the offense wasn't good. There was a lot working against them. I'm not saying that it was Deshaun's fault, but it wasn't. Like, I got tired during the year of hearing Deshaun after games, you know, be asked questions about how awesome a passing year he was having, and Deshaun just kind of openly acknowledging that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, answering the question as if, yeah, I'm having an awesome putting year. Putting up a
3: bunch of yards. Like, we're
2: not. Like Honestly, like, good quarterbacks – Generally, like, look at the offensive performance as the most important indicator yeah. of whether they're doing a good job or not. And it's not, that's not to say that it's Deshaun Watson's fault that the offense wasn't good, but it always just bothered me it, that, that he was acting like the quarterback performance is separate from the offensive performance. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, I mean, that, like, that, that's just, it's not, our issue but i do think that in cleveland that's going to grow old if they don't get the offense going like there i'll make excuses for deshaun last year when he came in in those last 6 games um but some people in Cleveland are downright delusional about it and acting like he actually played the awesome. He played well. If yeah. you actually watch the game, he actually played awesome. Like, yeah. all right, look, it's somewhere in between. You no, know, he wasn't one of the worst quarterbacks in football the way the statistics would suggest, but he certainly wasn't awesome when he came back.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a season where he was four and twelve. Like to sit through the two of them are just they're just gurgling over a season where they were four. The two of them on that podcast, like, and you, I look at your stats all the time, and you were number one in everything, and Deshaun's like, yeah. Man, I'm going to get back to that again. Like you were four and twelve that year, dude. yeah. Like let's not look at that
2: like the highlight of your career. It, it was, and it wasn't his fault. No, no, no. It's just, but
3: it's, I, but it wasn't like it was awesome. No, I'm not. But, but somewhere along the way, the quarterback has culpability in losing some yeah. of those twelve games. You know what I mean? Like it, so. Anyways, why does this matter to the current Houston Texans? This is an interesting text from Mike and Cy Fair on the trailer wheel and frame text page. I thought trailer wheel and frame. He, uh, Mike says, I assume Quincy Avery is the problem, staying in Watson's ear, telling him how awesome he is. I don't want C.J. Stroud. <laughs> C.J. Stroud's yeah. agent is also I, David Mulligetta. Let me ask yeah. you this. Who's a bigger concern to you if you were to draft C.J. Stroud, David Mulligetta or Quincy Avery?
2: Okay. That's an interesting one. I think it depends on the GM. And how does the GM feel about, uh, I feel like when you, when you draft a quarterback with David Malageta, what you have to understand is that your guy might be a perpetual free agent. And are you willing to accept that and work with it and deal with it? And I think that some, some GMs are, and some won't be, I don't know what Casario is right now because Casario has an ability to kind of detach emotion from things. And I think just be very pragmatic about stuff. But is he going to be able to, would he be able to do it in this instance? And I, I, at first I was the first guy to say like, listen, you got to deal with guys you, that you might not agree with or like all the time. If you're not going to deal with David Mulligetta clients and you're going to close yourself off for some really good players. I do think that it's still a consideration and something you have to think about. Yeah. So
3: we, we've asked Nick about it. I yeah, mean, we yeah. asked him about Mulligetta and he yeah. basically said what you did, which is, you know, you you work together because it's not just about one player.
2: Right, right. And if every and it's, it's a classic one of those situations where like, hey, look, you know what? If everything works out, then everything works out. Sure. If you're winning and you, a guy deserves the contract, then it all works out. And if it's not working out, then it, it's going to suck anyway. So some some people are just more comfortable with that level of uncertainty and perhaps volatility and just flat out, you know, knowing that look, it's the NFL. If you're not winning, everything's gonna suck. Yeah. If you're winning, you find a way to make it work.
3: And Mulligetta is not the only agent that has clients that have agitated their way out of situations in recent. Well,
2: I mean, years. yeah, I mean, or or agitated for fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson is a quite fierce agent. It turns out he is. But Lamar is. Jackson in representing himself. He only has himself. one client, so yeah. he's
3: really focused on it.
2: Lamar Jackson and his mom are like they're they're sticking to their look. Laramie Tunsil is the other Laramie. Laramie Tunsil is a better agent than many other agents that might have represented Laramie ever? Tunsil. Well, and, uh, and he's
3: gotten him – he's done quite well for himself. So. <laughs> wasn't exactly sitting across from uh, the art of a deal over there. You know what I mean?
2: If I were – oh, yeah, yeah. He's he negotiating <laughs> with Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby. Art of the deal. <laughs> um, I wonder if Laramie Tunsil – if I were Laramie Tunsil, I'd write myself a commission check. I agree. That would be like yeah, I would have a of, and claim it against your taxes. I would kind of claim it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Commission to myself. Or maybe I would. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, Write that down the, as an idea what what for is, our
3: regional sports what network. What do
2: investors want to hear? Is that gonna is that gonna be a sign of savvy is or that, something is to is be that nervous shadiness about? Shadiness or savviness. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, um this is gonna be the best regional cable network ever.
3: <laughs> would this... Would this scary? Would this Quincy Avery scary at all? Off a of Stroud? We're going
2: to broadcast on UHF.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: no, it wouldn't hey kids, scare. UHF. Quincy Avery is the only one again that I, I think it. You got to. That's the one where you've got to have a good relationship with the quarterback and understand. You know, set some boundaries and parameters for. Um, you know kind of like with Sean Payton out there. Like, look, your personal quarterback's coach isn't going to have an office in the building or be conducting meetings. Like, okay, Russell Wilson's personal quarterback coach, who was just some bro that that played college ball, but that, like, uh, Russell took a liking Jake to. Jake Heaps. Yeah, Jake Heaps. Jake Heaps would come in. This is what they were doing out there. This is how bad it was in Denver. Russell Wilson would hold meetings for the offense on Tuesdays, the off day for players, Russell Wilson, the bad NFL quarterback, would have everybody come in so he could tell them. Which I know, I know, I know you're out there in your car and you're like, "Well, yeah, that's going above and beyond." Look, man, there's a way to go above and beyond where you're not asking guys to come in on their when off they're day. off day. Yeah, dude. like it's just there's some like, there's a part of it where. Like, a lot of guys genuinely need that off day yeah. to decompress. Like, not everybody is wired the same, same way. Some guys, you can go in, and like, and that's part of being a good leader is understanding that part of it. Russell Wilson, without the good touch for human, uh, human actual conduct and everything, would have Jake Heap, his personal quarterback's coach, like, give notes, game plan notes out to the other offensive players, which reportedly were sometimes at odds with what the Broncos coaches felt. Yeah. So, like, that's a bad situation. I don't think, I don't think Quincy Aver even wants a situation like that. No, I don't I, think so either. He wants to be able to work with other clients and everything.
3: Quincy's more annoying than he is of, uh, intrusive. I think, and he—I think he's—I think he's. Um, I think sometimes
2: my personal feeling is that he's probably more opinionated sometimes than he should be as a guy whose clients Representing are, are these yeah. Guys. yeah, like in some ways because what people, I, I think sometimes maybe. Guys, I think maybe Quincy and other quarterback coaches sometimes don't realize that their word almost gets taken as the word of the player. Yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, you know, it's not, ro- it's not right that it's that way, but that's the way it gets perceived. That sometimes you're doing your client or their team, more specifically, a disservice by being opinionated when you're in that role.
3: That, uh, that Russell Wilson story that you're referring to yeah. was amazing. I think it was in The Athletic, where they, it was a deep-dive description of what was going on all year in Denver with Russ. And it took some of the things that we'd heard already and, and, and gave more detail to it. Like, I think people knew like he had his own office in the building, but what I didn't know was one, it was on the same floor as the executives and the coaches as the coaches
2: yeah it wasn't like off the side of the equipment room or right anything.
3: right yeah. right so so it, it gave the appearance of like he was above maybe literally above everybody else but also
2: geographically removed like geography yeah. matters in an office yeah you know and in a locker room especially
3: he told his teammates reportedly that he had a quote open door policy yeah like <laughs> like he was their boss Dude,
2: plus i mean like is there anything more worthless than somebody saying i have an open door policy like i know so many people who's like they've got an open door policy, but like dude, nobody wants to go in there right like they're terrified or petrified, right. so, hey, come on in, yeah, we'll chat, kick your feet up on the desk like oh my there's God. an open door policy like an open door policy is for the most part like expected yeah Like, who the hell is a boss who's like no don't come speak to me i like if you're working on the same floor obviously if it's a bigger company right. then it's different um yeah i identified seven weirdnesses in that oh, okay in save, that it. save okay. it save it identified like one because I mean either because i saw some people saying like well this quarterback has an office or whatever like okay it's kind of like bill o'brien's deals yeah. like any given deal you could say, like, well, that trade might make sense or it's not that bad. It's the collective. Of all seven. All those deals. Yeah, with, with Russell, it was like, oh, wow, that much weirdness altogether. Sean Payton is actually against what I want to be the case. Sean Payton's going to make a bigger difference immediately just because he's going to squash out He'll a lot of the weirdness. Down. Yeah. yeah. There was, too much, there was too much unchecked weirdness by Russell last year. All
3: right, save that. Okay. We'll hit that, I promise you. Um, but Adam Spillane. Who is not unchecked weirdness at all? He is—he's a, a baseball savant, and he is here on the trip with us. And he was out at the uh, the Astros facility this morning, so we'll get some of his thoughts on who's in the lineup today. He's got news on who's going to be um, pitching a little later on this week that we're going to get to see. So Adam Spillane, baseball SpO as they call him, will jump in with us here next. We're live at spring training in West Palm Beach. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere for getting us down here. At Academy Sports and Outdoors as well. It's Payne and Pendergast. Stay there.
2: Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy sports and outdoors.
3: It's Payne and Pendergast on sports radio. 610. All right. Welcome back in Payne and Pendergast live in West Palm beach shop is John Deere getting us down here for spring training and joining us right now. He was out at the facility early this morning. He got us the, uh, the lineup for today's game against the Mets up in Port St. Lucie, Florida. He is our feet on the ground all week long and all season long with the Astros back in Houston as well. Our Astros reporter Adam Spillane, baseball Spo joining us here at the uh, here at the table at our palatial studios right now. What's going on, Spo? Morning, how are you? We're great, man. We're great. So uh, you sent us the lineup here. Um, what jumps out at you about this today? What are you most excited about seeing in this game against the Mets?
5: A bunch of regulars in the top four. Yeah, I mean, you look, it's Kyle Tucker and, and Jake Myers uh, playing left field this time, Chaz McCormick in center, and then Jose Abreu playing uh, first base, and then Corey Lee playing catcher. And that's really one of the spots to, to watch for this spring because that backup catcher spot is, is wide open between Jainer Diaz and Corey Lee. And it's an opportunity, again, for Lee to really solidify himself within the organization, a guy who was a first-round pick you know, not even four years ago made his debut last year, didn't play a whole lot. Um, Defensively, I think the pitchers really like him. Pitchers like throwing to him. He's supposed to have a good arm. Uh, It can be a little inaccurate at times, Um, but again, I think he's a guy that they think really highly of still.
2: Yeah. I guess what's the, were you surprised that that Maldonado even expressed publicly that he was upset that the, uh, that the Astros were looking elsewhere in free agency? I mean, I understand his feeling and his sentiment. mm -hmm. Um, But are there any hard feelings left over from that?
5: I I don't think so. I mean, he understands, and I think everybody understands. This is a business, and you are trying to get better any way you can. Now, I, I thought it was strange the way that they did it, and they did it very publicly. Yeah, I mean, you have the manager saying at the winter meetings, like, yeah, hey, Wilson Contreras would be great. And and then you have the whole thing, you know, last year where they almost traded for Wilson Contreras. I mean, they, they had a trade done for him. So if I'm Maldonado, yeah, I, I can understand, especially when you consider what he's meant to the team the last few years, I can understand his, his feelings being a little hurt. And, I mean, he played hurt all, you know, really for the entire second half of last year with the hernia and with the broken hand and you can say, well I, I just really sacrificed a lot, you know, to help you win the World Series and then you kinda of treat me like that. So I get where he's coming from, but again he he's been in he's been in this for a long, long time. He understands that it's a business.
3: We should point out Diaz is in the lineup. He's the D H today yeah. as well. So they they're they're both in the lineup um, today against the against the Mets. Adam Spillane joining us here. Um, So we did a Facebook Live last night where we talked about some of the things from yesterday's game, but a lot of the audience listening now probably didn't get to see that. So what was the the biggest takeaway for you from yesterday's game against the Marlins for the Astros? I,
5: I thought it was seeing Forrest Whitley healthy. And I thought that he was fine. The numbers are going to say what they say. I don't think the numbers really matter. But the fact that he was healthy and throwing a lot of strikes, he's been a guy last year, he walked 16% of the hitters that he faced in AAA. And the fact that he got through two innings and did not walk anyone, I think that's a a big step in the right direction for him where he's understanding that my stuff is going to play. So, if I just attack the zone, then I'll be fine. I'll I'll still be able to get out. It's very similar to Framber Valdez, where Framber Valdez did not throw strikes his first couple years in the big leagues. And then he started to figure out, you know what? If I throw, I could throw the ball right down the middle. And my stuff's good <laughs> enough to where I'm going to be able to get big league hitters out. Okay, so
2: Sean and I, I'm glad you mentioned Framber because Framber's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic. Um, whereas there are a bunch of other Astros mm-hmm. who are most heavily represented, is the Dominican Republic. With five Astros, I believe, Um, is it okay for us to root against the Dominican Republic because we want those guys to not miss too much? We need them back here, (laughs) ASAP. I would rather. Sean hates the fact that anybody's going to the. I hate the World Baseball Classic. It's getting
3: in the way of my Major League Baseball season.
5: Um, I mean, I can't tell you who to root against. You can root against whoever you want. Uh, I just want the go-ahead that it's not morally wrong or anything. I don't think
3: so.
2: I mean, I've got nothing else against. Okay,
3: let's just nan it out. What are you doing?
2: Yeah. Am are you I,
3: gonna? Are you gonna root? Are you? Do you have any rooting interest? In you, are, you gonna, are you gonna? Are you gonna
2: cheer for the Dominican Republic, or do you like the yes, Astros? I actually
5: yeah. will be rooting for the Dominican Republic. Son uh, I, I got a friend <laughs> on the coaching staff, so I'd like to see them do well. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, it's, thanks okay. for being so a good so a We're your friends thing. too.
2: Sean's concern. Sean's concern is that these guys are going to go off the World Baseball Classic, and especially maybe the pitchers or the or the batters in having to deal with these new rule changes if they go to the World Baseball Classic and they're allowed to play under the old rules, that they care about winning these games. So like Luis Garcia, for instance, might just go back to his old windup instead of working on... You know, ingraining the new habits into his routine.
5: Yeah, it's. I would imagine though, Garcia will stick with what he's been working on right now because you do have to think about the season. Yeah. And there's a reason why in the World Baseball Classic they don't let pitchers go nine innings, and and they 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 put pitch limits on these guys to make sure that they aren't getting hurt because this is an MLB thing. MLB is inv- very heavily invested in the success of the World Baseball Classic, and so they don't want their guys getting hurt. Um, but I I am interested to see how that works where guys are playing under this set of rules now and then all of a sudden they're going to go off to the world baseball classic and that that you know it's two three weeks whatever all of a sudden then you're coming back and the season starts very quickly once the world baseball classic is over who's the
2: big who's the like who's the rising dark horse in the world baseball classic like around the world i see like the czech republic is at plus fifty thousand to win the World Baseball Classic, and I didn't even know they played baseball in the Czech Republic. Is that is like the Czech Republic
5: the new hotspot for baseball? There was a there was a video I saw online of all the Czech Republic players, and they were saying like what their day, uh, day jobs were. Oh really? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So th- this is where the World Baseball Classic so gets in, weird.
3: St- in the Czech Republic. They're where we were with baseball, like in the nineteen twenties. Basically, yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Wow, Great Britain twenty thousand to one.
3: Huh.
2: How about we're better at soccer than they are at baseball? That's got to <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, Stupid that's true. Blimies. Like, relative. Yeah. And, yeah. And,
5: and basketball and football and basically yeah, every
2: other sport. Yeah. Well, like, see, it's about, you know, like, a soccer, it it's like, okay, we're a huge country. And it's kind of like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, soccer people, I'm getting kind of embarrassed at this point. Like, just by sheer numbers alone yeah. and massiveness, like, there's really no excuse anymore. Like, get your crap together. Yes. Okay? Like, it's not, there's
3: we're in no. We're dogfight with, like, a oh! 6,000 person country. We grow up playing the beautiful game
2: and everything. Yeah, so do our little. Bastards, I see them out there. <laughs> yeah. Quit being these suburban, quit being so soft out there. Take your kids yeah. out of school, put them out on your cul de
3: sac, and let them play soccer all right. day long. Right. We've got
2: 300 million
3: people with okay, with grapefruits barefoot. That's how you're supposed to do it. So, yes,
2: great Britain 20,000 to one. Us to an now, island. I, I hope Czech Republic beats the crap out of great Britain. Yeah,
3: now I've got a rooting interest. Yeah. The, the,
5: the team to watch is the Netherlands.
3: Okay, the Netherlands is because really? they,
5: they have Curacao. So yeah. they so they have kind of that island. Oh, so you Oh, gotcha. So they kind of cheated oh, a little bit.
2: Oh, right. It
3: fails, like, I don't know. It's it a
2: little so that a little I feel shady. like you're cheering for imperialism there. I don't know, man.
5: But then, like, Israel, if you're Jewish, then they let you in there.
2: Oh, any Jewish person gets to go play for Italy. Italy is the same
5: thing. You have a family member who's you're from the Italy. You're the mob. You yeah. can play for Italy. So, oh,
2: yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because um, uh, let's see, Peña is playing for Dominican. Dominican. For book. Okay. Yeah, he was, yeah. Well, he was born in. Yeah, he was. He born came there. over early to Connecticut, right? But yeah, okay.
3: Yes. Uh yeah, Rhode Island, I think he uh, Oh Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Rhode Island. So well, he played at Maine. He played at yeah, Maine, yeah. yeah, but I think he grew up in Rhode Island. Um uh Adam Spillane with us here on uh, on sports radio six ten. Um so you so you were cool with Whitley's performance yeah. yesterday. That was your that was your big takeaway. Um as far as uh, as far as the rest of the week goes, what who else is uh, who else is pitching this week? You said you got so some names. Luis
5: Garcia starting tomorrow. And then, today. Uh, uh, yeah, excuse me today. Um, Anoli Paredes is on the lineup card. So he'll pitch today. Oh, good. A guy that okay. me, you know, it, it's funny in 2020, it felt like Anoli only Paredes was going to be a guy for yeah. them, And he just, uh, just hadn't happened. It was, you know, he had trouble throwing strikes in 2021. He got hurt and then kind of been buried. He did come up very briefly last year, but a guy with a good arm. And so you want to see if, if, uh, if that, you know, if he, if he still has something uh, Wednesday, tomorrow is going to be Hunter Brown against the Red Sox. And then right now, tentatively, um, and Ryan Presley is also scheduled to pitch tomorrow against the Red Sox as he gets ready for the World Baseball Classic. And then right now, tentatively, uh, Framer Valdez will start the game on Thursday against the Cardinals. So he's up there now. Yesterday, I think Christian Javier was on the card. You said so Javier yesterday. Yeah, so yeah. This, this stuff is it's very fluid yeah. just okay. with pitchers getting ready. And, and so that's why you're always a little careful to, to mention this stuff. But I do think – I mean, it's it's only a couple days out. So Frambois Valdez right now is scheduled to start Thursday. And, nice. uh,
2: yeah, depending on how they feel from, from day to day. Yeah, So, um, yeah, Forrest Whitley, I feel – I feel ready to relent on Forrest Whitley. I had a hard place in my heart, the same way I did for Kyle Tucker for a long time. Um, but then once you actually see them in the flesh and in person... and doing, I was about to say, doing did doing the clubhouse session first. break you No, it's, it's not even that. It's actually just seeing them... Like, once you see him actually play <laughs> and do anything good at all... Um, bro, I got That's tired. not even
3: wisecracking about Whitley. Yeah. Like he's,
2: he's been like Bigfoot. Well, I got tired of hearing that Kyle Tucker was untouchable for a while. You know, yeah. it starts to work against you. So, like, with Forrest Whitley... It, because he was so highly touted and people were so, uh, you know, excited about him that after a while, you just, you start getting sick of it. Um, the closer you get to actually seeing him in reality, and especially mm-hmm. this year where the Astros all of a sudden sure could use a little bit of extra comfort on starting pitching, then it's
5: nice. Yeah, I mean, especially with McCullers out. I mean, and nobody knows how long McCullers is going actually going to be out, so, I mean you need more than five starters to get you through a season and you need more than six oftentimes. And they were, I think the plan was to have at least the six guys on the roster to start the year. One of them is already hurt and there's not a whole lot in triple a, or at least that you would think right now uh, that they would have just for options. If they do need someone else. Yeah.
3: Um, Adam Spillane with us. So Spo, you, you mentioned when you were talking about Corey Lee and Yiner Diaz, that's a battle to see who's going to, that's one of the battles Mm -hmm. in camp for a roster spot. What are the other, you know, like in the Texans preseason, we always do our mock 53-man roster, and you go, okay, there's like five spots that are up for grab. The last couple of years has been like 30 spots that are up for grab with the Texans. But you know what, I, with the Astros, like how many spots are truly up for grabs in this spring? Training? So
5: it's a little bit different. I, I would have said maybe catcher and then that last reliever spot would have been up for grabs. But now with the McCullers injury, I think that there that obviously opens up another place for somebody else. So to me, I think it's, the big one to watch, and this is a boring one, but who was going to be the lefty out of the bullpen? And you, you kind of have the three options uh, with Blake Taylor, who was hurt most of last year, Parker Mashinsky, who's got a back thing right now, and he was hurt also last year, and then this guy, Matt Gage, who they brought over from the Blue Jays like right before camp started. And Gage is a guy, he's he's a little bit older, he's 30, made his debut with Toronto last year, but he absolutely dominated left-handed hitters, and he did it in AAA. Like, he, he struggles against righties. But in AAA, I have to look at the numbers exactly, but he just completely dominated. I think he might have struck out 40% of the lefties that he faced in AAA with the Blue Jays last year. Came up uh, for a brief amount of time in the big leagues and had success against lefties there as well. So to me, and Dusty always wants to have a lefty in his bullpen just you know, to have that comfort level. So I do think that one of those three guys is going to make the team. I'm just not sure which one.
2: What, um, what are you looking forward to
5: today, Kyle Tucker? No, I know. What, I I know what Kyle. Do Tucker you though? Is. Yeah, I, the I have rules. A, I have a pretty good feel. That is. is the interesting part of it. And he was one of the guys who at least complained publicly about it. It's interesting with the pitch clock because I, I think that we spent so much time talking about how it's going to affect pitchers and pitchers having to work faster. But I think the impact on the hitters might be the same and maybe even more. Just the mental side of hitting, where you get thrown a pitch and you're trying to like process it and you're trying to like. Game plan. Okay. He just threw me this pitch on right here. What's he going to do now? And so when guys step out, I think a lot of times it's just the mental process of it.
2: Yeah. And as the batter. You don't have the, you know, the catcher and the pitcher are in alliance with each other. And the catcher knows what the catcher's one pitch ahead of you mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, where you are in the count, what pitch you're going to get and everything. Yeah. So maybe with the, it's just like you're playing speed chess. Except you've yeah. been drinking all day, and the catcher's sober. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah, exactly. So that's how
2: I, I always drink before speed chess. That way I don't get embarrassed by the 13-year-old prodigy. <laughs> I was drunk.
5: Like, yeah, sure. You're
2: sober, whatever. And also,
5: and also the catcher and the pitcher are game planning before the game. Yeah. And so as a hitter, you're reacting to how they're approaching you really on the fly.
3: Yeah, I've just been waiting. I mean, it's only been a, a couple times. To- you know, it's one game, and it's anticipating today's game the hit the, the hitter part of it for me with the astros has been <laughs> way more top yeah. of mind to me than than the pitchers have been so far. Um Adam Spillane, you'll be tweeting from the game and you'll be getting all the clubhouse stuff at the game and uh, throughout the rest of the week. You're doing a great job, man. Oh wait, let me yeah.
5: cuz we forgot the the headliner today is Garcia. And what does he do oh, with the okay. delivery? I mean, yeah, Yeah, that that's the obvious one, but yeah. yeah. So that's cool. what we're looking for is just how does Luis Garcia's delivery look today? Yep.
3: How is he adapting to that? Seth, I think we should hire this uh, Spillane guy for our regional sports network. Oh, it can be uh, our first hire. We
2: started. I don't know if you heard. Uh, we're in stage one of fundraising for our regional sports network, yeah. SP Squared. Yeah. Okay. And, um, we've got. We've got. Uh, we've got grand plans. We do. We have, know, have no rock solid business plan. <laughs> we do.
3: We have no facility, no cameras, no employees until now. Until you say yes. But-
2: Between Sean's sales experience and our collective charisma, we feel like we're going to be able to raise a lot of money for this regional sports network. Yeah. Draw some hefty salaries. Yep. Ultimately, fail. Uh, But have a lot of fun while doing it. And
3: walk away with a lot of other people's money.
2: Should we? Yeah, that's uh, all that matters. Yeah, really. Our, yeah. our main pitch is that, hey, you guys will be able to write off the losses. Right. You need that, don't you? Think that'll yeah. work?
5: I, I don't see why not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's worked for the last. I know. <laughs> I know. I know, <laughs> it, works I know. <laughs> it works for
2: so many other companies. <laughs> look, look at all these other companies it's working for. I know. Or I should say it works for a lot of. Founders, <laughs> yeah. Which is um, us. Other people pointing out that the USA is ranked thirteenth in soccer right now, or footy or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes, I yes I agree with that, and good for them. I go by world population, and yeah. frankly, the only countries that should beat us in any sport that we choose to play are China and India. That's it. and that is it. And we are we're crushing those those countries in most sports. We
3: should never lose to an island. We should That's never lose my... to <laughs> That's my... ever.
2: Indonesia's got to get its crap together. Yeah. They are the the fourth most populated country in the world come on indonesia
3: all right we got to bounce uh spoke good stuff as always we look forward to the ride up to port st lucie with you in about an hour or so that's adam spillane when can they hear you next are you going on with the guys on in the loop
5: i am uh tomorrow i guess but yeah that that, as far as i know it's just tomorrow
3: okay and you can get him on twitter at adam spillane as well he's got he's got you covered all week long here live from uh, west palm beach shoppers at john deere getting us down here for the trip up next uh Reports from a uh, Green Bay Packers reporter. um, Quotes from Brian Gutekunst. Could this finally be the offseason where Aaron Rodgers gets moved? We will try to read between the lines next.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's
1: joy in every journey.